Hi folks, uh, I've been out of uh, contact a while, uh, let's do another podcast and this one uh, is called uh, Myths About Free Throw Shooting, Myths, M-Y-T-H-S, M-Y-T-H-S. First of all, uh, there's so much taught out there that's been screwed up and that's probably why we're in such bad shape after a hundred years, but Anyhow, there's a, there's a plethora of information on the game and of skill development, practice planning, history, game stats, personal profile, goods and services relating to the game, etc., etc. Of course, the age of the Internet has had a great effect on the accessibility of all this information. A nagging problem, though, from my vantage point of being a shooting coach master, guru, specialist, surgeon, therapist, world record holder, etc., is that a lot of the information, although with good intent, is mundane, repetitive, and bordering irrelevant. No wonder we have so much trouble. Even though the topic of this article relates to free throw shooting, I mean to include three-point shooting, field goal shooting, whether it be jump shots or set shots or even hook shots. Because remember, a hook shot is pretty much the same as a jump shot, except your body is at 90 degrees to the chest of the, of the defender, even if it's a one- or two-legged jump shot. The real reason for this article is that the information about free throw shooting, um, or the shooting mechanics in general, that is or has been taught over the past generation, obviously must not be very good, because the revealing statistics prove this fact. As of the start of the 21st century, you could lump the shooting statistics into the following pool. For example, the average high school team in the United States today shoots around between 62, 63, 64% from the line. College is around 68, and the pro ranks average a a whopping 71 or 72%. You can give or take one or two percentage points in either direction. But the point here is that only about 5 to 7% separates the highly skilled professional player from the average all-American kid. My theory here is that the professional coaches were once college, high school, or, or junior high coaches. It seems that uh, what they learned in their early days as coaches kind of stays with them, naturally, throughout their career, and without too much personal development. If I'm not a great shooter myself, it is hard to teach another individual how to be a great shooter. Granted, there are those who become great shooters through hard work and possible good genes, but great shooters seem to be a rare breed. A green belt in karate cannot teach black belt principles. If this is not the case, then how come our national average is mediocre or could be awarded a C grade and even a D grade in most cases. You definitely are not in the 90th percentile in national high school stats. It's not my intent, I want you to understand, to belittle or undermine the millions of dedicated coaches out there. But it is impossible for a coach to be everything to everybody. He or she can't be a doctor, psychologist, father, teacher, spiritual leader, 
and a master of all things basketball. Makes sense. Many coaches are strong at teaching different departments like offense or defense or creative strategies, etc. But it's very tough to be great at all aspects of the game and the shooting department seems to elude most of us because it is very hard to perfect the accuracy engineering part of the shot process. If you are a coach, then just ask yourself, can I outshoot all my players on my team? Do I have any respect from my players as a shooter or are my shooting credentials rather paltry? Most kids don't know any more than the coaches and will do anything you try to teach them. Most coaches hope that the kids that play for them somehow magically should be great shooters. Shooters are not born, they are made and developed. All players have the potential to be great shooters, but somewhere along the line they have not received all the information they need. And that's where I hope these podcasts help a little bit. So what are the myths about great shooting? I've got a bunch here and I'll kind of go through them a little bit uh, to maybe alert you to some uh, ideas. Anyhow, myth number one, and I like the word myth because myth sounds like miss, uh, like, you know, mything the shot, uh, as if I was uh, had a lisp in my speech uh, impediment. Anyhow, the, the feet are very important in shooting. That's myth number one. Not necessarily true. They are just there. Of course, we all bend our knees naturally without even being told. But novices to the game do feel awkward about which foot is forward or backward. The best stance is shoulder width apart. Right-handers have their right foot forward about six inches. But if you have the right strength, you can have feet side by side, just like you would on a jump shot. Eventually, though, the further you go from the basket, the more you will move your right foot forward to help in momentum transfer for right-handed shooters. But the feet have little to do with the accuracy part, which is the most important thing in free throw shooting or shooting in general. Number, myth number two, keep your eyes on the front, back, or center of the rim during the whole shot process. Many players do this probably because they were taught this early. Initially, you obviously look at the rim to gauge the distance, etc. Then the moment the ball is released from the fingertips, your eyes should transfer to the flight of the ball, where you can now see if the ball is going to enter the basket, go short, long, or crooked. This provides great feedback. It's funny that Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, LeBron James, and most shooters in general, and even myself, all watch the ball in flight and do not focus on the rim from the start to the finish of the shot. Try it. You will like the control you will be empowered with. It takes a little getting used to. Myth number three, eye dominance is a factor in great shooting. I can only speak from experience and that is that if I can shoot better than 70% with my eyes closed and 99% with my eyes open, then what good is eye dominance? If I'm going to use one eye, then I would keep my right eye open for the right-hander so I can see down the inside of the shooting arm as it lines up with the rim on the follow-through. 
I will admit that this fixation on eye dom uh, dominance was never a part of my personal basketball career. What kid out there applies eye dominance to his shooting? Sorry, it's just my opinion. Myth number four. On your follow-through after the shot, imagine placing your hand in a cookie jar. Now that sounds like a real scientific measurement that can be duplicated for great free throw shooting. How big is the cookie jar? How big is the opening? How deep is the jar? Are there cookies in the jar? Do I try to get a cookie while my hand is in the jar? This is ridiculous. The bad thing about the concept is that it forces you to close your fingers to reach into the jar. And closing the fingers is really a shooting flaw that should be avoided at all costs. Remember that the way the hand is on the ball at the start of the shot is the way it should look after the ball has been released. A wide hand is a strong hand and the fingers are accountable for what each one does to the ball. And this will be spoken of more in the future podcast. Myth number five, make sure your body is square to the basket when you shoot. This is also not necessarily true in all cases. The most important part of the body that needs to be square to the basket is the shooting shoulder, elbow, and especially the wrist. You can actually shoot free throw just as good while square to the basket or sideways. By this I mean stand on the free throw line with feet shoulder width apart. Now you are perfectly square to the basket with both, uh, with both feet one inch from the line. Now move your left foot back behind the right foot while still shoulder width apart and face the left wall. Turn your head to the right and now shoot at the original basket. Now see how big a deal it is to be square? As long as the upper part of your body faces the basket, you improve your chances of scoring due to body balance. And again, scientific principle. When in close to the basket, though there are no rules for being square, just turn your hand to make up for the body being out of square. Myth number six. It's really important to shoot with the seams on the ball. Does this mean that your fingers run parallel to the seams or across the grain? It's kind of an ambiguous statement. It should not be a factor and is no bearing on good or bad shooting percentages. I shoot just as well with the grain, against the grain, or no grain at all. But on my free throws, since I have time, I actually do place my index finger in the center of the ball and perpendicular to the seams. It's just a personal preference and not a mechanical must because I like to see the rotation of the, the seams at 90 degrees. Myth number seven. Uh, the, uh, okay, you, you must develop a rhythm on your shooting. Rhythm schmithem, <laughs> it has little or no relevance to the shot. During a free throw, we see all kinds of so-called rhythms, like blowing kisses, praying, doing the sign of the cross, taking a stranger of dribbles, uh, putting the ball behind your back, etc. Once the ball gets set or locked into the shot pocket, all this pre-shot routine is dead and has no bearing on the shot itself. 
Unless you are a small child using a wind-up routine for momentum to get the shot to reach the basket, then it is of no value. Again, it's just a personal preference to what looks cool, perhaps. Who knows why players do these strange things they do? Try shooting free throws straight from the shot pocket with no fanfare. No difference, just wasting more time. Less is more. The shot itself could care less about your pre-shot routine. Again, it's just a personal preference. Myth number eight. Johnny seems to be in a shooting slump lately. You hear this every so often. What does a slump mean? Shooting 20%, 30%, 50% from the free throw line, three-point line from the field. The way I see it, it is what the whole world is in a permanent shooting slump, and the only reason for this is poor shooting mechanics due to lack of scientific information. Shooting under 75% from the free throw line is really just a hair above average and nothing to brag about. You see my point. It seems that that when Johnny has a high scoring average, a game, that he is now out of the slump. Great shooters rarely have slump because they have rather developed shooting mechanics, which makes so much sense. Myth number nine, and a couple more. You must have the elbow under the ball. When must your elbow be under the ball? That's the question. There are thousands of players who are very thin and wiry which allows them much flexibility, or more flexibility uh, than th those more muscular or muscle-bound because they can't bring that elbow in under the, under the uh, ball at the beginning of the shot. Most people just can't get their elbow under the center of the ball, which is the ideal location prior to the shot. It's okay to have the ball in the shot pocket with your elbow, not directly under the center of the ball, but as the ball is being shot and your forearm is in the up mode, make sure your elbow moves under the center of the ball prior to the hand releasing it. This may be a couple inches. Since my own shot pocket is right between my eyes and a couple inches above the forehead, you can see how it is physically impossible to have the elbow directly under the center of the ball. But my elbow gets there as the shot is going up. So all the center of gravity, leverage, and release are all working in balanced synchronicity, thus placing even and correct pressure on important fingers, etc. Myth number 10, you have to believe in yourself and have confidence when you shoot. This comment is at least positive, but it does not do much for the shooting mechanics. Belief in yourself as a shooter uh, has nothing to do with great shooting. The ball does not care what you believe in. It only responds to the energy, the distance and the direction you give the ball. Just because you think you are a good shooter does not mean you are. Millions of players have a false sense of security. In politics, we heard them say, follow the money. In basketball, I have a saying, follow the stats. They don't lie and reveal a lot about the reality of what really goes on. Belief in self does not make the shot go straight. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does a player have great confidence because they are consistently great shooters? Or do they lack confidence because they are inconsistent shooters? 
Conference is earned through monotonous, consistent success. Consistent failures create low conference levels. True conference is not in yourself as in totality as a player, but in your ability to transfer superior learning and knowledge in shooting to the shot mechanism on every shot. It's not conference in self, but confidence in your ability to make things work and apply a scientific principles that work. Prove my point by doing this drill. Stand right under the basket and shoot 50 shots blank range. Chances are you'll make 49 or 50, even with poor mechanics. Confidence is high, huh? Then move out to the three-point line and shoot 50. Did your confidence level drop? This all relates to your ability to correct personal shooting flaws. The more pure your mechanics, the higher the conference. They go hand in hand, pun intended. Was there a difference in the conference level after the drill? Sure there was. Myth 11, you have to practice a lot to be a great shooter. This is also not necessarily true. The problem with practicing a lot is with the lot. And the question is, what is the content content and purpose of the practice? If we spend a lot of time shooting free throws and we continue repeating the same bad habits, then we are just reinforcing the bad habits. Let me ask this question. If you practice free throw shooting and you make 100% out of 100 and you can do it all the time, then how much practice do you need? You are already as close to perfection as possible. When was the last time you practiced breathing? You can't remember because you do it so well. I believe quality is more important than quantity. It needs to be monitored and measured for the best reinforcement. And finally, and of course there's more, myth number 12, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Just about every basketball player has the capacity to be a great shooter or a very good shooter. Most are just mediocre because they have mediocre information. Our coaches' instructions, for the most part, are nebulous, hazy, or indistinct. It is imperative that the ball get the right information every time, forever. I know this is getting deep, but the deeper you get, the more beautiful it is. It really is empowering. The most brilliant diamonds are found deepest in the earth and under the most pressure. Our revolutionary scientific shooting principles have perfected the shooting process. All these myths are being emphasized by coaches today in one way or another. We are entrenched in a gopher hole and bullets are flying every which way and we can't get out until we change the mental dynamics and apply scientific principles to our physical capacity. I'll leave you with uh, a couple sayings. Of course, perfect practice makes perfect, not practice makes perfect. And uh, Winston Churchill said during the Second World War, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Good luck out there.